Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. This year has really been going fast, hasn't it? And before we know it, the 2018 Winter Olympics will be upon us. One person hoping to be there is the snowboard Olympic champion, the parallel giant slalom winner at the 2014 Sochi Games, Patricia Kuma. And guess what? She's our guest this week on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Yes, we've snagged another champion. We speak to another gold medalist like we do every single week. Every single week we learn from the very best and we learn a lot this week from Patricia. She talks about her work with a mental coach. She also talks about her studies in sports psychology. One of the things I really love about her is that she has a mission statement. So we discuss that and she's a very confident person and she explains why she never gets nervous. However, the interesting thing in this conversation is when I ask Patricia what she will have learnt for the next games, which she would have learnt from the last games, and it's the fact that it wasn't the difficulty of becoming champion, it was the difficulty once she was champion. Actually holding the title of being the Olympic champion. And we talk quite a bit about that. And she talks about why she went to Hawaii for a long break after Sochi. It's a really interesting chat with the snowboard Olympic champion, Patricia Kuma. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Patricia Kuma, welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. So good to talk to you. Of course, you had amazing success at the 2014 Sochi Olympics, and we'll discuss all of that. But of course, the Olympics are coming again. It's coming thick and fast this February. How are you feeling heading up to South Korea at the moment? Oh, um, yeah. It's hard to say. <laughs> In a way, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so excited to be uh, to be an Olympian again or to go there again. And and in another way, it's a total new situation now for me because I I won the last time, so it's it's new. It's uh, it's a different experience. So I'm I'm also looking forward to that. Mm. Was that new experience pressure or is that a different feeling? It's uh, more of a 
of uh, wondering how I will handle it. <laughs> I'm, 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 no, I'm, it's not, I'm not feeling pressure at all, but um, it's just, I don't know how, uh, how I will handle it, and, but I will be, I will let myself surprise me, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> Have you spoken to anyone about this, anyone who's gone through a similar situation? Yeah, I have a I have a, a mental coach and I'm speaking a lot to him or I see him like once every one or two months so uh that's one of the of the things we're talking about. Mm. Well, of course uh doctor patient confidentiality of course Patricia but um <laughs> what, what are some of yeah. the things you can you can tell us uh, the the conversations that you do have that that you are are willing to share just so we get an insight into uh, the kind of things that you're working on that makes you the champion that you are um you know my my mental coach is not like one of the ordinary sports psychologists um he he actually started being um, a physiotherapist and he he did himself also uh, a lot of sport and he was competing and in the end like he knows like he's always seeing the big picture and I um he's also trying to um, to make me and himself better as a person you know to grow and I like that uh, so <laughs> For me, like this new situation is also a situation I can grow, I can get better, mm. you know, <laughs> and that's more how we we are um, going to to solve that or to experience it. Yeah. So, like, what 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 is the what's the typical method? Are we talking reading books, or are we talking about putting yourself into uncomfortable situations? Like, what are some of the things that you might do? Um, mostly I just, um, I go to him and I tell him what I experienced the last few weeks and I'm, I'm really careful about, about myself and, um, what I, how I act, how I act to other people or everything. And I tell him that, and then we are analyzing those situations and we try, uh, or we talking how, uh, or what I could do better or, Yeah. To be a good person, and so I try to be as positive as, as possible. And yeah, it's hard to explain. It's it's really different than mm. like normal psychological stuff. <laughs> mm. That's that's really interesting. And from what I could tell by looking at your your social media and your your Twitter and your Instagram, you're quite interested in sports psychology. Is that right? Um, I mean, I studied psychology and I did an internship in sports psychology. For one thing, I had to do it to that I could finish my um, my studies. Mm. But in another way, it was perfect that I could bring those two worlds together, mm. like my my athlete world and my uh, uh, yeah students world. So it was awesome. Yeah, because you recently completed a master's, did I see? Well, when I haven't got the final answer or the final, um, I, I was writing my master final um, paper, mm. and and I don't know yet if I pass or not, but I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> I'm sure you have. So, yes, <laughs> you know it's just like I'm sure it's okay, but I'm still like feeling a little. You know how it is when you 
you're waiting to get the results. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this feeling like, how good was I? Mm. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will as well. I'm, I'm touching wood for you now. Um, so obviously studying and training to retain your Olympic gold medal, that must be quite challenging to juggle all of that. Are you good with your time? Are you good at being able to cope with both things? Yeah, yeah. I started to have my own team um, and not training with the national team anymore, so I could um, exactly do my own schedule. So I could say when I want to go on snow, um, I have a private um, person who's always with me and she's taking care of everything. Mm. Um, so I don't have to bother about about my material or whatever, and he's helping me a lot. So I can do all my scheduling, and I say when and where we are going and what I need, and that's perfect. Mm. So, yeah, but <laughs> as it is, I mean, I often got, I don't get enough sleep. Oh, because really? I have to do so much sleep. <laughs> 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 but if it's normal, I, then I, I know I always have, um, times where it's really, really um, intense and I don't get enough sleep or not enough rest and I know that it's not good because when you're not rested, you can get injured more easily. Mm. So I always try to have then times where I really have a lot of rest and stuff, like mentally and physically. Have you had situations where you've got injured because you haven't had enough sleep? Um yeah or just too much to do sometimes um i had shortly before sochi i had a uh, little injury and i didn't tell anybody i mean we were discussing that if we want to tell it to the journalists or to the press or not and then we decided not because it would be less pressure for me mm. than or you know it would be less pressure when i would have said okay i'm injured but it also would be a good uh, way to say, okay, I was injured, so it's not a problem to be not good, you know. And I want, wanted me to prevent from that mindset. Mm. As I wanted to have the pressure that I have to be good. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it's, yeah. It, it sounds even better also when you say, I, I won an Olympic gold medal and I was injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, in the, at the time at the race, I was totally fine. Oh, okay. It was just not sure if I will. I, I was sure that I can compete, and I didn't have any pain anymore, and I was totally fine at the at the race. But it was like a short timing. I just, it was four weeks before it, and I had a little um, injury in my foot, in my in my uh, fins. Yeah. Did, did you still manage to train in that time? No, I was. It was the second last World Cup before the um, Olympics and I crashed and I had that injury and I went straight back to the National Training Center. Um, I even called that night one of uh, one of the guys and he, I told him he has to, I knew that he has the phone number of one of the um, physiotherapists and, I, and it was Sunday evening and he managed to get me um, immediately in, for the next morning and a treatment. Mm. So it was good for me to um, 
to be there. I was two weeks there. I was not snow, and then I had another competition, and I knew I have to have a good competition because it's for the overall globes. I because ha- I wanted to have all three overall globes to mm-hmm. win those in the same year, and that was because I knew now nobody else could do this before, and I really wanted this to be the first one, and I knew that <laughs> I probably have to win the race to to be able to do it. And then I was racing with pain, but, and I don't like painkillers, so I didn't take took any because I lo- lose feelings for my body and I rather have pain than losing the, my body feelings. Mm-hmm. So um, I was racing and I won the race and I won all the globes. So I was just so self-confident that time that it was awesome. And then I went back to the training center and did another treatment and yeah then I went to Sochi and I had two days before the race and I just went on snow and said now I have to look if the pain is still there or not and it was gone and I was so happy and so self-confident and it was perfect Mm, fantastic it's funny I've spoken to well nearly a hundred Olympic and world champions on this podcast and very often you, you hear some of the things which you all have in common, but the one which has surprised me is similar to what you've just mentioned there is that actually you can have an injury before a big tournament and still win yeah. still win gold. And in some ways, did the because I spoke to a, a champion rower called Mahe Drysdale, I've spoken to Lenny Kraselberg, a champion swimmer, both speaking about injuries before a big event. And actually, they said the injury was almost a, a blessing in disguise because it gave them a chance to kind of rest their body and and not overly think everything which was going to happen in the games. In some ways, do you think it helped you? Yes. Because um, a few weeks earlier, um, I was in the gym before the injury. I was in the gym and my um, and I really wanted to work out because I knew I kind of had I didn't have done much for uh, physical trainings. I was in a good shape, but I had the feeling like now I have to do another good physical training, like a good session in the gym. And my coach looked at me, and even when I came in, he looked at me and was like you'd rather go to sleep now. And I'm like, no, no, I need to train. I need to train. It's soon, the long kicks. I need to train now. <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> and then I did. And then he, he stopped discussing with me. And I did one repetition of um, uh, what's called in English, clinches, I think. And he was like, okay, you go home now. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you go to bed. <laughs> go to sleep. And, I was, and then in the end, I had to say, okay, he was right. Um, but I, it wasn't enough to recover. And that little injury, I think it was like my body was telling me, like, you are doing too much now. Mm. Stop. And and I think, yes, it was in a way it was good so that I I just knew that was the limit. I, I always try not to go over the limit. You have to push the limit as an athlete with physically and mentally. But it's you have to be really careful not to um to go over the edge otherwise you get injured mm, that's clearly something you've learned in the build-up and, and during the last olympics in sochi what else did you learn from that experience that you're now able to take with you to the next olympics um i think 
one of the hardest learnings for me was um <laughs> it's hard to say but for me it wasn't the hardest thing to get an olympic champion than rather to be an olympic champion oh. i had really a hard time to um get adjusted to that like the the first few weeks it was always so hard when i get, got around the corner and like people were just like oh the olympic champion is coming and i was always like I'm Patricia. Hi. <laughs> Call me Patricia. <laughs> I'm still the same person. <laughs> Stop talking about the, the Olympic champion. <laughs> mm. it, it was it, it was something that I had to um to learn that that's now a part of me and I have to live with it. And you know, I'm a person that is I'm always living in the moment. And for me, that that gold medal that's just something. It's part of me, but it's of my past it's it's not important for me anymore even if people still are talking about it you know and i had to learn to deal with it and now it's fine i i could fully accept it mm. how, how long did that take three years <laughs> three years wow <laughs> yeah that was a long time i needed a long time <laughs> did, did you feel more pressure going into tournaments as well no, because before I, I won several times the the big globe for mm-hmm. the overall World Cup. So, no, I I mean, I I was used to being the chase, not mm. the chaser, mm. you know. <laughs> so no. <laughs> and and I, I saw after you um after you won gold in, in Sochi uh, that you you took five weeks and and went to Hawaii. Um, oh yeah, and- I needed. <laughs> and 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 you went alone. Why did you go alone? And and is that something you'd recommend to other people to do? Well, that was one of the things that was bothering me. Like um, to be an Olympic champion. Like I couldn't be me anymore around people, and because they just started to see me in different light, and I still saw me as the same person I am. It was just another race I won. And that's the thing. I went to Sochi and I, for me, it was another race. And I never looked at it as the Olympics. So it helped me not to have a lot of pressure. But in the end, it, uh, it turned out not that good for, uh, to, to get used to the thinking that I'm an Olympic champion. You see what I mean? Mm. And, and the thing is, there are a lot of, you cannot, you have your personal space around you. And, as soon as I won this medal, like people started to come to me and to touch me and to um, hug me, and I was I wasn't used to that. I was like, that's my personal space. Give me my space back, and that's why I want to go alone to to find myself again. Part of it, so no no one recognizes you, and so you can just be be Patricia again, right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. I mean, in on Hawaii, they're not. Uh, there are some skiers or World Cup skiers or um, snowboarders, they know me, but they're mm. also skiers. They know a lot of Olympic champions or world champions. For them, that's normal to be around people with titles. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mm. So, <laughs> and the most, there are not lots of Swiss people or whatever going to Hawaii. It's 12 hours time difference. So I thought it's the best uh, hiding spot <laughs> yeah <laughs> for for me to find myself and it's really nice there so <laughs> yeah it must be interesting for the likes of Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps who are known all across the globe that that they might never get that what you call like the uh, the alone time yeah yeah that's something i always really um enjoy <laughs> to be alone yeah um i want to talk about um, goal setting because when I looked at your website what I really liked about your website even though it was in German and I had to press Google Translate to understand it <laughs> um, it set your short-term goals your long-term goals and what I particularly loved was that it had a mission statement um, and uh, the translation I've got here is life begins at the end of your comfort zone is that something you've yeah. always believed in and, and when did you come up with having this as, as a mission statement um, yeah that's exactly um, one year after Sochi like um, before Sochi I was doing everything alone and or in the end I ended up to train with the Canadians for Sochi um, and then I decided to go back to the Swiss national team um, just because I was tired and I, was, I wasn't feeling like organizing it all on myself again. And, and in the end, I just found out that going back to the national team, it was fine. I mean, the people are awesome. I really liked them, but, and the coach was good. And, but I went back into a comfort zone. I wasn't challenging myself anymore. And that wasn't good for my riding or my competing. So that's why I decided to go um, alone again. And then there was the moment I took a, um, a private uh, guy who helps me. Mm. And yeah, so 
and because of the Olympic title and all the other titles I have, I could afford it. So I really enjoyed doing it. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Patricia, we'll be back in just a moment on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. (laughs) I don't know why I did that. Anyway, if you've been enjoying our podcast, this is episode 90 and you want to help support our show very easy. Just go to patreon.com forward slash best in the world where you get a chance to give back, to give thanks as well for what we do. And we've got different tier levels of support that you can give to us. And the more you support, the more we also then give back to you again. So you're giving back to us for doing this podcast then we give back to you for giving back if that makes sense if not if i'm really really confusing you then just go to patreon.com forward slash best in the world and you'll understand what the heck is he talking about all right let's return to someone who knows exactly what they're talking about because they achieve their goal and they are the best in the world it's patricia kuma the best in the world podcast with richard parr What's your diet like, Patricia? What do you eat every day? What 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 nutrition? Oh yeah, that's interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm 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 seriously allergic to eggs, and ah. um, I I'm not good with gluten either. So I just eat as healthy as possible, and as well. <laughs> well, I have a lot of. Um, recipes and they're all vegan because it's hard to find a recipe without eggs <laughs> when it's not vegan <laughs> so in my in my kitchen like people are looking at me are you vegan <laughs> but i always say you can it's easy to make a good uh meat without the recipe but it's hard to make a cake without yeah. eggs. <laughs> so yeah i i actually i eat um I don't eat much uh, carbs. I eat a lot of um, like healthy fat and healthy um, proteins. Okay, so give it, give us an idea of a, a typical breakfast and, and, and maybe a, a typical dinner, then, please. Okay, um, so I love cheese. So in the mornings, I eat a lot of cheese with a bit of rice cakes, butter, and mostly honey because i don't like that much i don't like sweet it's not my taste so i take honey that i that the rice cakes are not that dry but i don't like jam so i take that and i drink a tea because i don't drink coffee in the mornings before i do sports is there a reason for that or just just habit i know that's just not my stomach's favorite thing mm-hmm. <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> I, I love coffee, but it's for me better to drink it in the afternoons. Okay, you're the complete complete opposite to me. <laughs> yeah, for me it's um like I really I love coffee, but it it really when I drink too much coffee I can't sleep. So I have to decide. I will not drink more than one coffee a day, and then I rather drink it in the afternoon when I my stomach is more awake <laughs> and I can 
uh, it's better for me. And then I can enjoy it more than in the mornings when you're more in a rush just to get your uh, breakfast done. Mm. But sometimes it can happen that I, when I have a lot to do the day, then I start um, training at five in the mornings to seven, and then I eat breakfast and do my do the other stuff, and then I have another training in the evenings. So I don't necessarily eat before I train. It depends when I train. Oh wow! Do you sleep in between then? Because that's a really early start. No, that's what I said. I don't get. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say. So what? What time? What time is your day finishing then? It depends. Like the last three weeks were a little. Uh, the last three months were a little um, too crazy. <laughs> I was. Um, yeah, I did three hundred, uh, three different hundred percent jobs actually. Oh my god! Like I did. I did my normal training schedule which is more or less a hundred percent job when you took take all the um, recovery stuff and everything then i did the internship for hundred percent and i also was writing my my master final paper and i did that always in the evening until 11 or 12 p.m so and then i went to bed and got up in the morning at five <laughs> and that was a little bit hard for three months, so. Wow. <laughs> but now I'm I'm recovered. So I went one week on a camping trip, so backpacking, and I did a lot of sleep there. <laughs> mm, that's good. Got a little chance to to rest and and recover. Um, I want to yeah. talk about the the day that you you won the gold medal, and I was watching the race back. Um, in the final, mm-hmm. your your opponent ended up slipping right towards the end. Did you notice her slip? Mm-hmm. No, because I was slightly ahead, and I think she was. When I remember it right, she was in my backside, so I couldn't. So she was. I wasn't facing her, so mm. I couldn't. I I could hear that she had a mistake, but I couldn't not know how big it was. So I was still going. And I was, myself, I was a little in trouble. I was a little bit too straight. So um, I was fully concentrating on myself. Mm, Fantastic. I just, I I really turned, got over the finish line and turned and I saw that she's not coming. Yeah. And and you become the Olympic gold medalist. How nervous were you on the day? (laughs) I'm never nervous, actually. Really? Oh, wow. No, that's that's really like uh, a special thing for me if I get nervous. Yeah. Oh, why do you think yeah. is that? Oh, um, I think that's just my personality. Like, um, I'm a really calm person, and like my dad's the same. So, um, yeah, we are not that. Um, how I should put it? We're not that. Um, emotional <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> yeah, and I knew I was just because I was confident, and I knew that I can do it, and I just have to get uh, my perfect runs down. And you're you can only be perfect when you're like riding, um, concentrating in yourself, and not like. 
thinking about the pressure of, of the others. Mm. And the pressure, what the others put on you are the things that make you nervous, I think. Mm. Or the pressure what yourself are doing to you. Mm. You said there about the perfect run. What has been the perfect run in your career? Do you remember it? I had once a perfect race that was uh, that was my best race, but it was in Sochi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Sochi, I was just um, like before I went to Sochi, I, I made perfectly clear with myself um, that. When I go there, I, I knew I want to have that gold medal. I didn't want a medal. I wanted the gold medal. Mm. And But I also knew that when I come home without a medal, that the world is still turning. Like, it won't be... I, like, that wouldn't be, like, the baddest thing ever. The, or the worst thing ever. Um, I just... I was... I just told myself I won't be mad at myself (laughs) not doing it you know so I I knew there I can just enjoy and do my best Mm. and concentrate on my own and I just had always this saying in my head um, I have to translate it to English it's um, your body knows exactly what to do so don't stand in his way or in its way yeah Mm. you know it's more or less like just shut up your mind. <laughs> yeah. Let you because I'm doing it all the time. I mean, my body knows exactly how to, to perform a turn, and he knows exactly how he, he he has to react when there's a bump or whatever or a mistake or whatever. And then just don't think about it. Just let it flow. Mm, it's that muscle memory and, and and reaching that state of flow, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, you said it wasn't Sochi, but do you remember which race it was there, where where you got the perfect race? Yeah, and it's it's uh, a long story. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I was, um, it was the first time I was leading the the overall World Cup, and I was leading it because I won five of the um, slalom races, but the the we were. It was the second last race of the year. It was in La Molina at the 10th, March 10th in 2010, I guess. Um, and it was a, there was no slalom race anymore. And for me, it was like, yeah, I was never on a podium in, in a GS, in a giant slalom. And I was like, okay, maybe I win the globe or maybe not. I, we will see. I was totally relaxed about it. Because I knew, like, giant slalom is not my strongest thing. <laughs> not like slalom. <laughs> and and then they, um, the fifth um, media director, he did um, a video and questioning all the athletes um, in the finish of area of the training to uh, one day prior the race, like, what they think, which of the five girls who can still manage to win the globe who of those girls will win this globe? And I was so shocked how many of the of the guys did say my name. And I was like, oh my God, they're actually believing in me. And that created so much pressure on me. And, 
I, I started shaking in my in the room, in the hotel room. And then I, I just realized, okay, this is not good and I can't handle it myself. I called my um my coach, the national teams coach, and I told him, Okay, you have to come drink a coffee with me instantly. Like, um I I can't bear it. And he, he didn't know what I'm talking about, so he came and I think he said like at most 20 words that that afternoon and I was talking to him like one hour how I'm feeling and what the video makes with me <laughs> and um, and he was uh, he didn't say much and then in the end I came up with my resolution and I was like okay and I think it's not even important that video and he was like yeah I think so <laughs> and I was like okay thanks I pay for the coffee bye <laughs> and I was just went away <laughs> and then the other day the next day I won my first World Cup race in um in a, in a giant slalom world mm. cup it was the first time i was on the podium the first time i win and it was just it was sunny it was perfect slope no ruts it was as so much fun to race and it was always like every decision was like in within a tenth so it was so close racing it was so much fun, and I just I, I managed to to ride it and uh, to uh, fear that um, that pressure, and that it's also something that helped me a lot for uh, for for Sochi. I was just sure that I will do it. Mm. I don't care about the pressure, you know. So that's the most perfect race for me. Fantastic. Well, we'll finish this perfect interview with you talking about the perfect race. Been really good to speak to you, Patricia. I really appreciate your time. Just before you go, can you let us know how we can continue to follow you on social media, please? Ah, uh, yeah, you can find myself. Um, I'm doing the most things on Instagram. It's um, under uh, Patricia Kummer. Um, or on Facebook, I do a lot on Facebook. It's uh, Kumar Patricia. <laughs> it's really easy to find. <laughs> Wonderful. Like, uh, yeah, and uh, but I'm not doing much about uh, on Twitter. Mm. I don't understand Twitter. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, we'll make sure we put links to that on the uh, the description page of this podcast. It's been really great to talk to you, Patricia Kumar. Thank you for being the best in the world. Yeah, thank you for the talk. It was awesome. <laughs> the Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. All the best to Patricia in Pyeongchang. If you are a snowboard fan and want to learn more from world and Olympic champion snowboarders, Go back and listen to my other conversations with Nicola Tost and Kelly Clark. I've also spoken to Gretchen Blyler. They're all on the best in the world with Richard Parr. They're all available at sportachino.com, acast.com forward slash best, and also on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please give us a rating and review, and please press that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Really good speaking to Patricia this week. I'll be back with another Olympic or world champion on the podcast. If you get a moment to support our show, please head to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash best in the world. All right, I'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. 
the best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 